1: on this, uh,
2: here in Chicago area, very very snowy morning, um, Thanksgiving Sunday. So I want to talk today about gratefulness and generosity. I think of uh, Thanksgiving as an American Buddhist holiday, because those are two important practices to us. Um, But first, I I need to uh, say something about this history, even as uh, history is being expunged from our schools and our culture by some politicians. um, For American Indigenous people, this is not a a day to to mark gratefulness. Um, But I am grateful that Indigenous people in this country, some survive, and that their spiritual practices survive. This is despite the genocide that started soon after the pilgrims landed in 1620 at Plymouth Rock, which I actually got to see as a kid in Massachusetts. Um, but uh for example, in 1637 there was the Pequot massacre where uh several hundred Native peoples were were killed. Anyway, um but these practices of gratefulness and Generosity are part of our practice, so I'm glad that this holiday commemorates them. Um, This week, I heard a a Tai Chi teacher say, usually we talk about aging gracefully, and she said, actually, better to think of it as aging gratefully, so I'm grateful uh, to still be here, I'm grateful uh for many things so today is a day to remember and be mindful of gratefulness um and you know as we age we have um we can appreciate being present and the richness of memories and experiences and old friends so uh we have we all each have um uh, many things to be grateful for I'm very grateful for our sangha for ancient dragon dragons and each one of you and us who participate. Uh, it's, it's wonderful uh, to be able to practice in this sangha, whether at our wonderful Lincoln Square Zendo or uh, online, as many of us are this morning.
1: Um, um, you know, I, this gratefulness, I,
2: uh, I've often wondered about why it's not exactly in our precepts or our paramitas. Generosity is the first paramita, giving or dana. Um, and uh, so we we have talked about generosity and all the complexity of giving and receiving and gift and that uh, arise in the practice of uh, generosity. But I realized as I was preparing this talk that gratefulness is also part of our precepts. In the 16 Bodhisattva precepts, the 10th precept is to not disparage Buddha, Dharma, and Sangha. And all of our uh, precepts, you know, have a positive as well as a negative side. So a disciple of Buddha does not kill also means a disciple of Buddha supports life and vitality and others not killing. A disciple of Buddha does not intoxicate mind or body of self or others. The positive side of that is to support awareness and awakeness of ourself and others, as opposed to intoxication. And each one of these precepts has that kind of uh, multiplicity. But I realized that the 10th one, which I had always thought was a little weird, a disciple of Buddha does not disparage Buddha, Dharma, Sangha, and I realize the opposite of that, the positive want side of that is this disciple of Buddha is grateful for Buddha, Dharma, Sangha. So I'm I am really grateful for Buddha, for the Buddha of all beings, for the Buddha on each of our seats, for historical Buddhas, but also Buddha as a way of seeing reality, of being awake, and Dharma, of course, for all the wonderful teachings of truth that we have and Sangha
1: and the multiplicities of Sangha. So um, again, I'm very grateful. Um, I, I
2: don't disparage, but instead I'm grateful for all these, for these jewels, for these wonderful qualities that are parts that are part of our life as practitioners. And even for people who don't, maybe realize they are practicing or aren't practicing explicitly. Buddha Dharma Sangha is everywhere and I'm so grateful. Um,
1: I'm also grateful for the maturing of American Zen. When I started Zen practice, um, it
2: it was uh, at least to some extent what we might call macho Zen. There was this idea that Whoever sat in the most difficult sitting posture for the longest without moving was the most enlightened. <laughs> people really felt that. Uh, so, um, you know, and there was this idea that you have to push yourself really hard to to get something, <laughs> some uh, delusion that people called enlightenment. <laughs> so anyway, we practice ongoing awakeness. And I'm grateful for that. And I'm grateful for the practical ways in which American Zen has matured. It's still We still maybe have a long way to go <laughs> until we have a real American Zen. But um, I'm really happy for to be part of American Zen. And I'm happy that we don't have to sit in difficult postures anymore. So uh, as those of you who come to our Zen don't know, I sit in a chair now. So do so does my teacher Reb Anderson and my old translation partner Shahak Gulakamura. But I just wanted to um say um what, how it is that I sit in a chair. And I'm grateful to be able to sit in a chair. I still miss sitting cross-legged, but um and I did that for what 48 years <laughs> until last year. Um but I'm not sitting in it, I'm sitting in a chair now because partly because of an accident that I had at Tassajara, uh Bakery, which was part of Zen Center back then. Uh, this was in 1985, the year before I was priest ordained by Rev and his first group. And I was uh, opening the transom above the front door and was up on a ladder and I fell. And as I fell, I twisted my, my leg and... um Anyway, I had to have surgery uh my left leg the the a c l uh, uh arteri- anterior cruciate ligament was almost severed, and on the operating table, I was offered that he could sew up the a c l and uh but then he he knew that I did this funny sitting meditation thing and he said but you're not going to be able to get full flexion with that knee anymore and so i can just leave it and bother you and um so i did that because i was looking forward to ordination and, and all these all this time i've been able to sit cross-legged not full otis anymore but um then um last year a year ago this month um our uh new puppy ella uh i was walking her and it was raining and i was not wearing the right shoes and she she's very strong and she's very fast and she pulled me down (laughs) and i bruised my knee again and it's remains bruised so i'm not sitting Uh, so i'm sitting in a chair now and i can't do prostrations fully um but I'm still grateful <laughs> as I'm aging to be here. And I'm grateful for our puppy, who's very sweet, even though she's sometimes jumps around a lot, and she's got lots of energy, and that's lovely. Anyway, um, so, um,
1: you know, th- this gratefulness uh, has to do with contentment.
2: This is a basic Buddhist teaching, not to... Um, build up desires and wishes and and all the things we think we need or want want to have, but just to actually appreciate this situation, our life right now, even if I have to sit in a chair, that's okay. (laughs) How to be grateful and
1: appreciate um, all the things that we have, all the things that, are possible for
2: us to be grateful for our situation, whatever problems we have. And of course, we know that the world has many, many, many problems, climate and wars, and, you know, it's it's injustice, racism, anyway. It's a difficult um, world. And each of us
1: personally, you know, have various problems. Um, Suzuki Roshi once said that, the
2: problem you have right now, you will always have. <laughs> I don't necessarily agree with that. <laughs> uh, some problems go away. Um, they do. But then uh, somebody else will come and give you more their problems. <laughs> so there's always some problem. That's the nature of our existence in this world, in the world at large and also
1: personally. So how do we enjoy and appreciate our problems. How do we see our
2: problems, our opportunity, opportunities for awakening? Mind weeds, as Suzuki Roshi said, that we can kind of plow under as, as um, uh, support and nourishment as we move along. So, you know, contentment, appreciation, gratefulness, Aging gratefully, being young gratefully too <laughs> appreciate what we have to. so Thanksgiving is a time when we remember this so it's 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 a wonderful holiday and um yeah, so desire and neediness leads to suffering, and there's some kind of neediness that we you know that is quote unquote objective the people who are um who don't who don't have enough food to eat or don't have the uh, um, resources to live live in a reasonable way and cannot think about gratefulness anyway maybe but sometimes even people with who don't have much are extremely grateful and express that in a way that's wonderful anyway
1: so that's part that's half of this holiday the practice of gratefulness thanksgiving and we all have the opportunity to be grateful but then there's also giving generosity
2: and when we're grateful naturally we want to give we want to give to others we want to give to our friends we want to give to sangha we want to give to ourselves to appreciate all that we have that we can be grateful for. Um, Dogen, our founder in 13th century Japan, talked about uh, giving in terms of when you see flowers blooming on the uh, on a distant hillside, just giving that to Buddha, which means giving it to everyone. We can see something that's beautiful and feel it as a gift so right now uh it looks like it's still snowing outside i can look up and see trees and and so i i want to give this snow here in chicago to buddha and to all of you it's a winter wonderland and it's beautiful and i know there's people here from down south in new mexico and i don't know if it's snowing in michigan nathan or if it's snowing way down in Hyde Park, Anastasia, or out in California, Deborah. But anyway, I, I give you all this snow. <laughs> and so, how do we how do we see the underlying practice of generosity? Generosity um,
1: has many many aspects. So when we See he, people
2: who are unfortunate. When we see homeless people, as we do in all cities now, we can we can give a little money, but we can also give a smile or a greeting, or um, even a little bit of a conversation. Just to give give smiles. You know, Tiknat Han said that when you're sitting in zazen, along with your mudra and uprightness,
1: to be to have a a little bit of a smile, is part of Zazen. To appreciate Zazen, to appreciate Sangha, to appreciate the truth of Dharma. So uh, this generosity means giving in lots of
2: ways and actually this practice we do, this Zazen, this Samadhi, this concentration practice we do, um, we give our Buddha Samadhi to each other and to all beings. When we are sitting Zazen, whether it's at our Lincoln Square Zendo or online even, we are giving our settledness, our Samadhi, our deep awareness to each other
1: and to Buddha. And in terms of, um, well, the the
2: uh, teaching we're going to, Hogetsu and I will be talking about during Rohatsu Sashin coming up, is the uh, samadhi of the treasury of radiance, or it could be translated the womb of radiance. This is uh, given to us by
1: Buddha. We sit with Buddha and Buddha allows us to feel or get some glimpse or sometimes some strong feeling or and
2: it's not just a feeling, but this awareness of this, the radiance of our world and our life. So how do we give our practice, give our zazen and our, uh, our, our informal practice? or our practice when we get up from the seat, to Buddha and to all beings. This is the the reality of our practice,
1: the deep reality of our practice. So, um, you know, there's also
2: giving as donations. So our Sangha, Ancient Dragon Zen Gate, is currently um most of you should have received by email and will receive um hard copies of our year end fundraising letter which is um a good part of the budget each year for ancient dragons Zen gate uh we we are hoping to do more um uh, sittings and teachings and classes and seminars this year which will also will help us with to support our sangha and every and uh so anyway, I um encourage you all to be generous and give to Sangha. And that c- could mean make, making a donation, which will be important for our continuing. But also just your presence, as I, I was saying, your your presence in your samadhi, uh, each one of you gives it to everybody else. So there are many and there are many other ways to Generous to Sangha, and we're exploring how this can work for people who are at a distance and only can come online. But for people who can show up at our Lincoln Square Zendo, there are many, many other things to do. There's uh, ringing the bells or being a greeter, and many, many opportunities for practice. Um, So, uh, how do we, and and also, our our Ancient Dragon Board has various committees, uh, promotion committee, fundraising committee, sangha care committee, um, and others uh, that people can join from a distance. So anyway, um, how do we give to each other? How do we support this wonderful practice of appreciation and generosity, gratefulness and generosity?
1: Um,
2: Part of generosity is also to acknowledge the limitations of our
1: generosity. We don't always know how to give or what to give or how to help. Generosity
2: is a um, complicated practice. We may give something that is not wanted, or we may... um, not know how to receive so part of the practice of generosity is also to receive to receive this gratitude of gratefulness on thanksgiving to share this together how do we practice collaboration cooperation
1: and support that um seeing our togetherness not uh inf- not emphasizing separation or uh
2: Combativeness or you know competition, but we're all on this limited planet with this with these limited bodies and awarenesses and minds.
1: How do we open those up to generosity to gratefulness? How do we support that for each other? So, again, I'm very grateful on this
2: holiday weekend to Buddha, Dharma,
1: Sangha, Buddha being the reality of the world as awake. As all of us As having this deep capacity for awakeness, we don't always realize it, but this is something that all beings have, are. Dharma,
2: all of the extensive teachings of the Buddhas and ancestors, which um, (laughs) it takes lifetimes of study, and that study is just you know also in. Uh, Not in some uh, linear understanding, but in just how we feel as we sit in this samadhi
1: of gratefulness to all the Buddhas, of generosity to all beings. And sangha, again, uh, community. So Ancient
2: Dragon Zen Gate is a wonderful uh, community. As you know, we are in this transition. Hogetsu and I are talking about all this every week and having really deep, wonderful conversations and working this all out. And uh, for some people, it may be scary to think of change. (laughs) Change can be scary, but change is the way the world is. Transformation. So I'm not going away anywhere. I'll be here still, but... I'm really looking forward to Hoketsu uh also leading us. So uh and then finally um I want to mention uh Rohatsu Sashin. This is the annual Sashin traditional in Zen around the time that we commemorate the awakening of Buddha, which we commemorate uh traditionally December 8th. Um and so for the, I'm so grateful that for the first time since 2019, remember 2019, before the pandemic, before all this stuff, before Zoom? Anyway, we used to have five-day sessions in early December, and we're doing it again this year. We're <laughs> really excited. So we have a five-day sitting session, December 6th to 10th. Hogetsu and I will be leading it together. And uh, so that's Wednesday through Sunday. Um, The uh, time for signing up is this coming Friday, but anybody who can sign up beforehand, it helps us in the planning. So you can go to the website and register, and you can participate in person at the, at the, uh, our Lincoln Square Zendome or online and you can sign up for any one or two or three or four or five of those days. So I'm uh, really looking forward to it. And it's an opportunity really to deepen practice, to sit for a day or two or three, things happen. We open up to um,
1: the truth and reality of our difficulties, our problems, And also our
2: appreciation. So anyway, um, I want to encourage those of you who have not yet, you can sign up again in person or online for any of those days. And everything that we do is sliding scale. So you can go to the website to see that. Anyway, I want to, I, I think I've said what I wanted to say, and we still have time, which is great. So I'm interested in hearing anything that any of you have to
1: say about what you are grateful for or what you feel um, generosity
2: about or any or any comments or responses to anything I've said. So this is our Sangha time for
1: hearing each other. So um thank you very much. Please feel free to comment. And uh Bo, I uh your um No. Yeah.
2: Who's that techno today? Ruben. Oh, Ruben. Yeah. Ruben, could you help me call on people? And I can't really see the people in the room. So um, maybe somebody can help with calling on those people, too.
3: We'll do our best.
1: So oh, somebody here must
2: be grateful for something. <laughs> Please share
1: with us. I'll start out.
0: Um, can you hear me okay? Is that Kathy? Yes. yes. Hi,
1: Kathy. Yes,
0: I can hear you. Hi. I just uh, came back from traveling to um, Decatur, Georgia, And while there, uh, my niece and her wife and I went to the Carter Center. And um, so we spent some time reviewing uh, Jimmy and Rosalind Carter's early and the entirety of their lives and what they contributed. And it was, um, I don't know, it was just a nice reminder of, of um when people respond to the need uh in terms of giving where they are in the moment, responding to what they see, being aware of what's going on around you, it can make a tremendous difference. And um I don't know, it was just kind of inspiring because um, I I admire both of them uh, and their lives. So I'm grateful
1: for them.
2: Thank you, Kathy. And for those who don't know, Rosalind Carter passed away this last week in her, I think, late 90s. And she's on our Sagaki memorial list. And uh,
1: yeah, what a great example. Thank you, Kathy. Other, Other comments? David, online? You're muted, David. Thank you,
4: Reuben. Uh, just one little note about Rosalind. Um, Jimmy Carter is also in bed, hospitalized. And uh, they brought his bed into her room so they could be facing each other as she passed away. I thought that was something that was really uh, important, that they had that sense of connection. And he was able to be with her during her passing. Um, one thing is, it's interesting in talking about grateful, um, I'm in a group that meets uh, once a month. Uh, and it's a group of older folks. <laughs> We're all in our 70s and 80s. I mean, one person is only in their 60s. Um, and we talk about what it is to be aging and dying. And the other day, somebody gave a list of renunciations, and they say I will renounce my uh, my expectation, you know, my right to live without pain and aging. You know, I renounce my uh, comparing myself to other people. And I read that, and it reminded me of something that actually Ray Reen up in Milwaukee told me a long time ago. And you mentioned it today, Tegan. And I think it's important. It's about being grateful. And it's funny. Uh, in this Asian and Dying group, I'm the only man, and yet and with all this, you know, all this male. Uh, and these people are coming up with these, you know, I shall not, I shall not. And I think that's so male-oriented. And uh, Ray Rain told me that there was a group of, Buddhist uh, practitioners, women Buddhist practitioners, who changed the precepts into what you had said earlier, Tigan, that the first precept, instead of saying "I vow not to kill," but rather "I to something to the effect, I vow to honor all life," uh, instead of saying "I vow not to steal," I vow to accept only that which is given to me. And it continues on, instead of, you know, uh violating somebody's body sexually, you know, or physically, you know, it means that I honor all bodies. And even in the sixth precept, I vow not to find faults with, you know, others. It's rather than I vow to see the Buddhahood in each person. You know, all these can be taken from negatives and turned into positives. And I think that's what is gratefulness. That's what allows us to be grateful. It is not a matter of shoulds and I should be doing this and I should be doing that, but rather a sense of appreciating the world the way it is. Um, I had my own little satori moment the other day, you know, and looking out and seeing the chimney to the building where I live. And I thought, what does it mean to be alive? how am I different from the chimney? You know, how <laughs> am I me as, as a living person? And the part that came up to me was to be appreciative, to be appreciative of every moment that I have, that I could see the trees, I could see the sky, I could have relationships with friends and have all that and be appreciative of all that. And I think that's what really is part of Thanksgiving as we celebrate this Thanksgiving weekend is to uh to just, excuse me. Is to just um to be appreciative of things. Uh thank you are-
1: David. I appreciate
2: your comments a lot and uh I want to make t- space for uh everybody to or as many people as want to to speak. So sure. thank you David for everything you said and I, I which I appreciate and um let's let's keep our comments uh, brief as if, when possible and we have a couple more people online who want to
1: speak I don't know if there's anybody in the room um, uh, yep. let's go with Eve good Eve yeah and I'll be mindful and <laughs> keep it brief um,
5: I'm grateful to American Buddhism for the strength to embrace complexity um I I was reading a comment um, uh, by the historian James W. Lowen, who wrote *Plagues and Pilgrims, the truth about the first Thanksgiving. And he said the antidote to feel good history is not feel bad history, but honest and inclusive history. Um, And I mean, to be able to celebrate a cultural exchange and a moment of peace and also keep in awareness what happened before um, with the death by plague of 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 ninety percent of of the Native Americans in New England, and what happened after with war, um, and be able to embrace that we do have choices. I mean, to me, in the context of the context of the, the um, what's happening in the Middle East, um, the the power, the strength to be able to not demonize either side or realize there's more than two sides. Um, and to be able to recognize that we all have choices and, to you know, to do what we can to bring about the kind of what we want. Um,
1: anyway, that's what I'm, I'm grateful for. Thank you very much, Eve. Um... You mentioned
2: James Lowen. Uh, one of my favorite books is something he wrote called um, Lies My Teacher Told Me, and it goes into uh, actual lessons about history that are not obvious, and I could mention some of them. Um, anyway, I'll, I'll, but I won't, but I recommend that book, and thank you very much, Eve. Appreciate what you said, and Deborah has her hand up. <clears throat>
5: Thank you. It's so wonderful to be with everyone on today with this wonderful talk on being grateful. And my gratitude is recent. I'm training in a crisis line out here to take calls from people who need information and who also are struggling. And I've been just uh, so touched by the volunteers and the workers there who I feel they're all Avalokiteshvaras, you know, listening to the cries of the world. And they're, very, they're just wonderful people. And I've just been grateful to be part of it. And I also want to am grateful to see my fellow Dharma practitioner, Dennis Moran, who is an old Dharma buddy for many, many years. And he's on Zoom. So I'm really grateful for that. So thank you. And again, grateful to be with all of you in this wonderful Dharma talk today. Thank you.
1: Uh,
2: thank you very much, Deborah, out in California. Dennis, I don't
1: know, are you in California as well?
6: No, uh, I, I live in Pittsburgh. Oh, um, I used to live in Pittsburgh. Oh, did I you? Pittsburgh. <laughs> <laughs> yes, this is, this is where I, that's why I'm on Zoom. And, uh, I'm, I'm, my gratitude, it's, it's the older I get, it's becoming more and more critical for me to pay attention to it. Um uh, I came into this through 12 step, uh, some years ago and, um, November is gratitude month. So you'll have a lot of AA meetings who are talking about gratitude. And one of the meetings that I thought came to me, it just the thought came to me once is, can I be great? I'm grateful for the things I want. But can I be grateful for the things I don't want? Mm-hmm. And really, this practice for me has been, <clears throat> it shows the complexity of gratitude and and the need for me to uh, broaden my my conception of it. Um, but it is and I, and I see gratitude as a practice something I don't have um, only something I can practice. So it's, it's an ongoing process for me very much particularly as I age. Um, thank you.
2: Thank you very much, Dennis. Yes, how to be grateful for our problems. And to be grateful for our difficulties, which are for our for and for change and and transitions and as time moves and um, these are the opportunities. Um, These are the dharma gates that we vow to enter. (laughs) So thank you for that. And um, going back to the precepts, um, I think David was talking about vows. The way we say them, a disciple of Buddha does not kill. Disciple of Buddha does not take what is not given. Disciple of Buddha does not lie. So that allows both what we are not doing, but also the positive side, as we've
3: been talking about. So thank you.
2: Other comments?
3: please. A comment question in the room. Good. Hi, uh, this is Dan. Can you hear me?
2: Yes. Which, which Dan is this? I don't know if I know you.
3: Um Dan Ashurst. I've only been a few times. Since this is among my first Great. time. Um, Welcome. Thank you. Um, thank you so much for the talk. I'm very grateful to to hear it and to, to have the space to discuss it.
1: Um, I'm very grateful to have have a feeling that the
3: happiness of others is as important as My own happiness is at least as important as my own happiness. And, um, you mentioned sort of uh, the the ways that we can kind of better our world when we see people who are are homeless and and things like this in our, in our world. And I I engage in a lot of political activism to attempt to sort of better the, the systems around that and that people can participate more effectively in democracy and, and have their needs met, um, but it's also, it's often very stressful thinking about how there's there's a lot of different issues that that need addressing. And so I participate in, in a volunteer democracy reform um, as well as environmental uh, causes um, and advocate on a number of other issues, and so I guess my question is like how um, balancing what we as an individual are capable of, as well as like the time that we have to to practice generating uh the, the kind of compassion that's necessary to do that kind of work. Um, how would how
1: would one kind of balance those things?
2: Thank you so much for that question. Uh, as a longtime activist myself, I'm grateful to all the activists in our sangha and beyond. Um, so thank you. Um yeah, there are there there are innumerable um problems in our world and issues, and some of them are uh huge. You know, the the um climate calamities which are going to be increasing. How are we going to face and practice those? And the the problems of wars and uh militarization and so forth. Anyway, I'm grateful to um all the activists uh many people in, in our sangha are in in very in various different ways active in terms of responding i think that's part of our practice and but we also have to be generous to ourselves so it's for, uh, it, i know from long experience that it's very easy for activists to feel burnt out and overwhelmed and um, when we look at the enormity of problems we 're concerned about, how do we take on something and just practice with it uh, Jan Boudard, who 's here online uh, uh, keeps reminding us about the the problems of nuclear waste and nuclear weapons, and I appreciate that so thank you, Jan. Um, but also, we have to find balance in our lives and um, it's not it 's not separate to be grateful for our own connection with Buddha, with awakening, with teaching, with community, with the truth. And so um, part of generosity is being generous to ourselves and, as I said before, accepting and working with our own limitations, aging gratefully, struggling gratefully. Uh, graceful, you know, gracefulness is okay, too. But how do we um, take care of ourselves, of our sangha, of the world? And um, yeah, so one of the things that happens is that people take on particular situations and work with them and try and support and help them. So thank you very much, Dan. I'm very glad that you are now part of our sangha.
1: Other comments, responses, questions, things that you are grateful for or feel generous towards. Anybody else in this endo? I guess I'll say a couple words. Okay, who's this? This is Ruben. Hi, Ruben. Hello.
3: I just want to throw a a vote for love.
1: (laughs) That, uh, my experience, love isn't different from gratitude. Um, it's loving kindness, the love of, we are the same kind, that we are not separate. Um and that is a stance that we can take, a stance that we can inhabit, that we can embody. And um I am grateful for that. <laughs> Great. Yeah. Thank you. Love is also not separate from generosity.
2: How do we give love? How do we in all in all kinds of ways, you know, giving Giving the snow in Chicago. It's coming. I I just looked up and saw that it's really coming down still, at least up, at least here. Um, So I give that to all of you. (laughs) Um, But yeah, loving kindness is uh, the background for
1: gratitude, grace, gratefulness, and generosity. So thank you, Ruben.